0: This is an Area Code Podcast.
1: You're listening to Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Scarlett Hildebeitel talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I am Aaron, and with me, as always, are Scarlett and Dave. Guys, this is uh, this is kind of a weird and uncomfortable week.
0: Yeah, that is a, that is certainly the understatement of, of the week of the year.
1: Um, I'm, uh, look, I'm Canadian. What else do you want? Do you want I, overstatement
0: or I don't do you know. want no, no, no? I, statement? I was, no, no, no. It was good. It was good. It's a uh, it's a complicated uh, week as if life couldn't get more complicated in the in the year of COVID, right? So. Yeah. Hi, Scarlett.
2: Hi. (laughs) I'm just sitting over here quietly. Before we started recording, uh, Aaron said, how are you guys? And I said, how do you even answer that this year? I don't know how to answer how are you in this strange year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been a sad, weird, hard week.
0: Yeah. 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 And just so listeners know, we're recording this on the Friday before our Monday episode. So it's June 5th right now. So I guess June 8th, this will post. I don't want to commit Aaron to a date, by the way.
1: You know, I appreciate that. You've been giving me a hard time on the Twitter and the Instagram and everywhere else, too, because of the fact that I've been late on editing things because I have a paying job that I have to do. It Hurts <laughs> several, my feeling, several Dave. Several
2: weeks in a row, though, Aaron. Yeah. yeah, but I'm almost done.
1: I got 17 stories to write, yeah. and then I have to go back and do my edits.
2: So maybe Tuesday is the new Monday.
1: I mean, every day's a Monday. So, what does time even mean anymore?
0: Yeah, what day is it? Where are we? Who are we? What's going on? It's <laughs> pretty dark, of, right here, guys. <laughs> it it is. I watched one of those. I don't know who the YouTube person is, but yeah, this is. I'm getting in the dark web here. Um, it's not dark. I don't even know where we're going. This. Uh, you know, it's the whatever, lady who does the. Um, you know, talking to her past self, future self, and she's like going back four months and. You know, the lady starts out with talking about, um, you know, about the Australian wildfires being the worst way to start off 2020. <laughs> and she's like, oh boy, <laughs> you don't, you don't know what this year's got in store, you know, and uh, it's pretty amusing. But yeah, the, and the latest is even more complicated and on top of uh, a, an, an element of, of, of deep job loss. Death from COVID, and, um, and then you add in something even more tra- tragic as uh, uh, very public deaths of African Americans. And a, there's been a variety of scenarios. So, George Floyd, Amara Aubrey, uh, Brianna Taylor. Brianna Taylor, thank you. Because um, within that period of a matter of a few weeks, but George Floyd being the most well-known that it's not that we have to get everyone up to date. It's more, we were debating right about how to, how to talk about this for the sake of the context of our own podcast. And we talk books, we talk recommendations all the time.
1: We talk about what we're learning and what we're
0: reading and things like this. Absolutely. And so even last year, I mean, I, I, I talked with a variety of other colleagues and others about what I want to expand my reading more to understand uh, others' perspectives, and, and I was referring to abs- absolutely African-American perspectives. And so books like Just Mercy and uh, The Warmth of, Warmth of Other Suns were recommended to me and a few others. And we're going to talk about those today. We're going to talk about different books that have impacted us or we're trying to, or we need to read. And so as we're going through this episode, um, listeners, uh, by all means, as we start sharing on social media too, Please recommend others as well. We've already had you all uh, provide recommendations, which is great. Thank you on Instagram and Twitter for doing that. Um, but uh, we hope to continue that on because we're all learning. And by the grace of God, with something as tragic as this, um, we acknowledge too that it's a little It's always going to be a little awkward. You have three white people talking about understanding an African-American's perspective in America in 2020, and you will never fully understand. So listeners, bear with us um, as we're as we're talking through these things. So you may not know what to do, but in our experience, we've talked about this before the podcast, too, is some of the best thing we do is, is listen, read, learn, just do our best to understand. We'll never fully understand, but we can take steps to do that in solidarity. So uh, for that matter, um, I'm not sure how we want to do this exactly beyond uh, talk about ones that have been recommended and kind of what to do from here. How's that sound guys? Sounds good. All right. So I mentioned a couple just in the beginning, and I did. I read *Just Mercy* earlier this year, uh, and by the way, I think it's still the movie is free streaming on like every service right now, which is really cool. But I will say this: I read the book and watched the movie. Both are outstanding. The movie is a tremendous adaptation of the book, um, and uh, by Brian Stevenson. And I, I, I think it's a must-read and must-watch for anyone. So to understand the judicial system. I think I talked about it a few weeks ago. Um, I can't remember who was on, but, um, but if you wanna understand the, the issues of incarceration, especially with um, uh, death row inmates and very shoddy trial scenarios of, of how African-Americans are not properly represented. And it's in the story, he's representing not just African-Americans, but lower economic, uh bracket, uh, people of all color, even white. Um, but uh, but the point is still, it's a fantastic story to really understand a broken system, uh, which is a great one. So I'll start with that. I think that's one that you're going to see a lot right now because they're advertising the movie. By all means, watch the movie, read the book. The book, of course, gives a lot more background on stories and a lot more about the cases. And you get these to a good view of the intricacies of little things that happen, whether intentional or not, of, of, of why people get rushed through trials and uh, and don't have proper representation, which is a big issue, um, and also just um, you know, it helps you practically understand how you can help too by you know supporting things like that. So, so there you go. That's it. that's my first recommendation. There of one. Uh, so how about you guys next?
1: There was actually a while back I went and uh with another coworker of mine went and had a just uh, had a conversation with a couple of uh professors at a school in Kentucky. And they had written a book for BH publishing uh called Um Removing the Stain of Racism in the in the Southern Baptist Convention. And uh so uh Kevin Jones and Jarvis Williams. That book is one that actually for particularly for um People who who are listening who are Christians. Um, I would recommend that um, it is a it is a really helpful, thoughtful book that they've put together. But that one's that one's really focused in on one particular group that that has has had some issues with dealing with um, you know um, relationships between African Americans and and um, white. Americans, and um, so that that is, it's not an easy subject. It's one that you know, within within that particular denomination, there's there's a lot of struggles um, with how best to address those kind of things. But it is a good one. Some some books that they actually recommended to me reading were, um, you know, the warmth of other sons. Um, that's that's one that uh, I I read. It was very very helpful. Um, it explained a lot about. Why certain why certain cities tend to have larger African American populations than others, and um, a lot of it came out of the the Great Migration that that happened post Civil War. But just seeing how there's a little bit of a historical revisionism that's happened, where um, where people assume, and you know, my home country is is bad for this too. So this isn't me taking shots at America at all. But there is a little bit of a uh, historical revisionism that says, you know, well, you know, in, you know, the northern states on, on that side of the of the um, Civil War that, you know, they were the they were the anti-racism side. And they, you know, by being anti-slavery and that the, the that the southern states were were the racist pro-slavery side. And it's like, well, actually, there was racism on both sides. So it's, it's not quite so neat and tidy as we want, as we
0: want to think. Absolutely. I'll bring in the, that, 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 uh, post-Civil War, uh, reconstruction perspective. If anyone got to see that, uh, um, uh, <laughs> General Grant, uh, many series on History Channel, it was very well done by the way, Ron Chernow and many others were on it, but, uh, it was, it was very well, I mean, I mean, it's six hours, but it's very entertaining for the sake too, but the, the biggest thing during that era was that's surprising is, yes, you expect those in the South to um, begin initiating Jim Crow laws as federal troops are pulling out and so on. But what was most surprising, and shouldn't be surprising, the fact that you would find racism all throughout the Northern states. It wasn't and wanting to push back on spending so much time and energy in the South, um, even after a war like that was just fought uh, to be a part of, of getting rid of slavery. So I I, I thought that was fascinating. Um,
2: Well, here's one that I read a few years ago. Um, I, I started reading this. I was in a small group and um, the, the host family, the husband was an avid reader and he was like, you love reading. So he would just hand me a book every week and I wouldn't know what it was. Um, And most of the books he handed me I loved, but I love watching movies like this too, where you don't really know what you're getting into. He handed me same kind of different as me. I've never seen the movie. I didn't know what the book was about. I just started reading it um a few years ago, but I loved it. So um he handed me this book. And um the cool thing about the book is it's written by the two main people involved. So um Denver Moore uh, was a as the synopsis calls it, a modern day slave. So he grew up um as a sharecropper on a plantation and he ended up homeless. And then um, Ron Hall is this wealthy international art dealer. And so he wrote the other part of it. And I, I, I hope I'm remembering it correctly, but I think it was like every chapter they alternated who was talking. So I didn't know what was happening at the beginning. And then I started to catch on, which I love. I love when that happens when you're like, okay, I'm trying to figure this out and I'm not sure. But um, it's really cool because it's basically the story of Ron Hall's wife, wanted to get involved in serving the homeless and they're having, I think they were having some sort of marriage problems and she was in cancer treatment or something. And so in an effort to work on his marriage, he befriends this homeless man and his heart is not in the right place. He's not doing it for the right reasons. And it's just a beautiful story of love and friendship and um, just two totally different walks of life um and getting to read it written by the from the two different perspectives I just thought it was really really a wonderful book it's
0: a great book yeah I mean I read it I mean not long after it came out I mean I worked at Thomas Nelson when it came out I did not work on the book but um it's also one of the stories started from a publishing perspective that was interesting you know it came out as a jacket and hardcover and it didn't I mean it was okay it just didn't sell that well but once it went to paperback I mean that's that's when it started being read, shared, and, you know, it certainly was more accessible to people. So it was great. Um, but it's a great story. Glenn Vincent did a good job helping him write it. And, Vincent, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a great, I, I just books about perspective and friendship being the bond that gets people together. Like, I mean, that book is, is tremendous and it continues to impact people. I have not seen the movie. It was made into a movie a few years ago too, but, um, but I know, um, it's powerful. So I mean, I'll, I'll love it.
2: Yeah. Another thing I wanted to mention, and I texted you guys about this, and this is kind of, you know, a confession as we're in this weird time where the horrible video of the murder that just happened, um, you see that and it's hard, it's hard to see that. And I'm one of these people that I don't like to look at horrible things. I don't like, like to look at suffering, even if it's fictional. Um, I close the book, turn it off and I've done that. So one book, um, I started reading a few years ago was Pachinko and it's a novel by a Korean American author. And I just remember very early on in it, um, a rape was described and I just closed the book and I'm like, I don't want to read about this. Um, And similarly, I read either some or most of the color purple when I was in high school, because I saw it laying around and I opened it and I'm like, Oh my goodness, my eyes were shocked. And then I kept reading and I thought, this is horrible. You know? And again, I, it's so, I think, a rape that it just kind of made me close the book. And so, man, like, I think with fiction, that's one thing, but I want to be better at not sticking my head in the sand about suffering. And this is something, and this is, again, it's a confession. It's something that I'm guilty of a lot in life is I would way rather be laughing and happy and thinking about fluffy things than um, the realities of suffering that are ever present. I mean, this week is not A new thing. It's not a new thing, sadly. Um, but there's video footage and we're all, you know, shocked and sad, but, um, yeah, that's just something I want to get better at. And I just wanted to mention those books because those are two times I've been, I've closed the book because I didn't want to think about it.
1: One. So here's one of the, here's one of the difficult things. There are, there, there are definitely times when you have to engage with, heavier subjects for sure um, but there's also knowing there's also knowing what limits that that there are for you too like you can be a like for some people being like you need to know you yes like let's think about just this this subject this particular subject we need to we do need to know the reality of what is actually what is actually going on um and like what is the experience of you know what is the what is the experience of, of african americans and and other visible minorities in in the united states and in western co- countries in general um because we can very easily get stuck in um in in our own vacuum basically like we we listen to like our echo chamber i guess is maybe the better way to say it because we we you know the three of us largely have pretty similar similar lifestyles in middle tennessee despite none of us being native to middle tennessee so even though we have like we have very similar kinds of lifestyles we we do have to know that that we have to we have to recognize if we want to be good good learners and good neighbors um just what other people go through thinking for me as a as a canadian coming into this um i mean you know this is what we're seeing right now is is certainly not the the kind of America that um, you know is is sold through the media <laughs> um you know the great big melting pot and and all of these other kinds of things and from a Canadian context, our culture our, our culture tends to be very segregated in that, um, we are, when we talk about being multicultural in Canada, we actually do mean multiple cultures, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but there's no one overarching culture. So every, so no one really talks to anybody else. Um, you know, and so it is, so for me, it's, it's challenging because I just don't know how to respond to, to any of it. Cause I mean, I don't, yeah, like, I don't, I, mean, I just don't have context.
2: Yeah. And I, I think it's everybody's asking that. people, those of us who don't have firsthand experience um, being minorities in this country, we're all asking that. We all want to we want to you know, we want to approach this with humility and compassion. Um, and what I was going to tag on to what what you said, and what I was saying earlier, Aaron, is, I think it's important to a- approach it humbly. and, you know, like I just confessed that I can just turn a blind eye, but at the same time, um, we can't just focus in on all of the suffering and not, and not remember that we are people, the three of us are believers. We are people, um, who have hope, you know, and we have joy and, um, we can, we can look at the suffering of the world knowing that racism is not new. Sin is not new. Evil is not new. Um, murder. It was in the first family (laughs) that was ever created, you know? Um, and we are able to, um, you know, be people who love with our actions and our words, and show compassion and and um, empathy. Um, and we can also be people who have joy while we are um, engaging. You know, and <laughs> like I said, wondering how we are to engage. And Dave, you said it earlier. Erin, you said it earlier. We're listening, and we're reading, and we're learning. And um, you know, I'm trying to. Yeah, I just I I want to approach this. Um, with compassion. And, um, I definitely, you know, I think there's the pendulum. So it's like, you know, ignore all current events, ignore all suffering. Um, or there's, (laughs) you know, obsessively study all suffering and forget, um, that we are people who have the Holy spirit living in us and we are able to listen and love and share love and hope. Um, with people who are like us and people who are not like us, people who have lived similar lives and people who have lived very different lives and have experienced pain that we can't understand.
0: It's hard living with the fact that you never fully understand. And um, yeah, I mean, I I, uh, got, I mean, I I, in an attempt to post in Solidarity on social media, which is such a weird world right now. um, And I've had so many others who I know the spirit of kind of where they are um but there's always people who are ready to attack you no matter how genuine you are not that i had anyone like really harsh on me and i, I point out to you guys it's just the fact that like gosh like it's not about winning but it's more just saying like hey listen social media has exasperated it uh the division and um and, and that's frustrating it's, it hurts you know and the more often we can try and get offline to have in-person conversations and at worst what we're doing right now being on a zoom call to where we can actually see each other's expressions and at least have a better opportunity to understand perspective um but it's not going to be solved overnight and um and but i think the more we can give each other some some grace in this on top of it too um but i think you start with just a willingness to be open and say i don't know um, I don't know how it feels. Um, I, I would like to learn, um, but I've also learned, I would say the is thing, that um, someone who's African-American, I have a variety of friends who are African-American who are absolutely willing to talk and go through it. There are some who are not, say, and say like, hey, let me grieve, let me deal with this. Um, they're not writing me off as a friend. They're just, you know, uh i i just it's it's not the time to engage about this to make me to make me feel better and i'm trying to like in all this saying don't make it about you you know be there offer to help otherwise you know get out of the way but when we're talking about systemic issues and reading helps in this to understand the systemic issues of how about things go and i've realized and what are the things I can control in this? Um, and, and it really breaks down to some very simple things in terms of how I live life every day, every interaction I have, every decision I make, how I lead and love my family and my kids to raise them, to befriend all sorts of people, to find commonality. And, um, and thus cycles of things can be broken. Um, now, the trick is everyone doing it, and that's when you get into the whole conversation of human brokenness, and this is just, unfortunately, there's elements of this that may not go away, and that's hard to address.
2: Yeah, and Dave, what you said about, you know, some, there are some friends who you might reach out to who are Black, who are eager and willing to talk to talk to you about the whole situation and others who aren't, and I just I compare that to I mean it's it's they're suffering and everybody suffers differently. So you know this is un, this is not different than any other kind of suffering. It's like I struggle to know what to say to people who are grieving anything, you know, because I think, well, what would I want? You know, someone lost a loved one, for example. What would I want? Would I want someone to call me? Would I want to not talk about it? And so it's hard because you if you're not the one who has the firsthand experience or who you know, if you're not the one who has the firsthand experience, you do kind of feel like you're, um, tiptoeing and trying to say and do the right thing because you want to show love and compassion and you're not quite sure how to do it. So I am, like you said, social media is a hard place to be right now. Um, I'm on it a lot and I'm, I'm grateful that there are a lot of people who are sharing their different perspectives and how they're handling it. Yeah. I'm thankful that people are sharing online because, um, you know, I, and the other believers I know, like you guys, Um, we, we want to be people who show love and compassion and we want to help. And it's hard to know. It's hard to know what to do right now. Again, it's also, it's 2020 people are still quarantining. People are still, you know, it's like, okay, um, well, what does this look like practically? And we want to be people who have love in action, you know? So what is the action? It's hard to know. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm just trying to absorb. Right now?
1: So, I haven't posted very much on social media and largely because I I just get tired of people dogpiling on everybody else. And it's just, um, I mean, I think I've shared, like, I shared, I just looked for content to share with, like, a friend of mine, um, Devin, who I used to work with at uh, Compassion Canada, for example. He shared uh, last Tuesday, he shared about his experience as a Black Canadian. Um, growing up and what, and, and so it was, it was helpful for me to read his experience growing up in a town uh, like Burlington, Ontario, which is just outside of Toronto. And, um, and so that's, that's actually something, uh, we'll, we'll include that in the show notes, uh, just for kicks. Cause it was really helpful, um, because like he, he did experience, uh, even racism there in a country that likes to pretend that we don't have it uh, have issues like that. Um, he he's dealt with it with he's dealt with it in in work contexts even he shared, and that was and and that was really disheartening to read, but it was good that he addressed it and that he was open about that and he didn't let it sit and. Um, so there there are pieces like that there are elements of that that were really encouraging um another another friend um, uh, a guy named Shaq Hardy who is a who's a youth pastor in Chattanooga Tennessee he he shared uh something this past week as well that was really really helpful more from his experience as working in a church um, that is a predominantly white church as well and and exploring you know, you know, what is this? What is this like? And and one of the things that he just said was that was really helpful was, you know, if you're friends with someone who is African-American, the best thing you can do is well, the best thing you can do genuinely is just keep being is just be their friend. And like so when stuff like this is going on, um, sometimes your social media posts aren't the most helpful thing. But the the thing that does matter is just texting and being like, how are you doing? I think that's one of those, those things that it gets so easy to miss for us whenever these situations are going on is that I always get concerned talking about like, you know, how do I, how do I be a good listener? How do I, how do I, you know, what should I be reading to to learn about these experiences and things like this? Um, in part, because there's always that risk of That pursuit of learning turning into a project and turning people into a project. And I know that's not something that any of us on this show ever want to do. And I don't think the majority of people would ever would ever want to do either. But that's so that just might be my my personal paranoia. So I don't know. I don't know. But um it was helpful for me to to hear from Shaq and him just to say the best thing to do is just ask is just keep being just keep being a normal friend to someone.
2: Yeah, that's so good. Loving people, you know, that's what it's about. Yeah, I I love what you said, Aaron. Um, you know, fear and love don't really go together and that's such a good piece of advice. Keep loving keep loving the people keep being a loving friend. Um, and I would say don't yeah, don't be afraid to send that text um because maybe Dave like you said, maybe they'll say, "Man, I'm grieving. I don't want to talk about this right now." Um, and then you'll say, I get it. Okay. <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, I think that a lot of times, at least I will, um, not act because of fear when I should act out of love. So I think that's good. Good word.
0: We had a, uh, uh initiated by a bunch of old young life leaders, uh, you know, that I, I, I led with in St. Louis, <laughs> you know, we had a zoom call last week and, uh, Sunday, so it would have been, you know, kind of the heat of everything going on, initiated by, um, I, I call him, he, he's my spiritual father, his name is BK, Big Kahuna Mark Eason. and uh, Marquisim, he's a pastor, he's up in Ferguson, Missouri, so you do the, you know, the math and timeline of what he's been in the middle of, um. Uh, In terms of you know Michael Brown and the protests for that went on for a week plus there um, with additional fallout, but nevertheless, um, it's a variety of old guys. You know, um, we're it's a real mixed crowd because you got you know know, white black. You know, we got guys who are State Farm agents. Friend of ours is in the Air Force. You know, still uh, you know flying jets. We got a guys are in business. We've all kind of done some different things, but we all come from very different backgrounds, which I love. And he just was stressing, oh, one of them is also a St. Louis city uh, police detective. Uh, he's white. And it was him and BK who got the call together. We hadn't talked forever. And it's just a reminder of like what it's Jesus that brought us together in friendship, united to love kids. And, it's like we didn't miss a beat, you know, and it was such a joyful thing. I miss a lot of that time. And then, but we just, you know, and that's led by BK and really, uh, and Herm who's what was our area director. He was on the call too. And it was such a joyful time. It has hit me just backing up what you were saying, Scarlett and Aaron about how friendship, um, can overcome so much in terms of just, loving each other. And I think that the reality is like, Hey, we don't need to sit and debate every which way of how to deal with this, but let's get on and let's talk for a few hours and pray for each other, love each other. And it's perfect. So, and we're going to keep doing that. So even though we're all, all across the U S right now, so yeah, you can keep going Scarlett. I know we have other suggestions, right?
2: Yeah. We had our listeners give a lot of, um, titles. What, what did we ask? We said, um, we would love some book recommendations from various genres written by Black authors. So this is not this is not all of them, but just to, but we want more. So if you guys can find that post on our Instagram and add more, um, there was *The Underground Railroad* by Colson Whitehead, *The City We Became* by N.K. Jemison, um, *The Warmth of Other Suns* was mentioned multiple times. Davey mentioned that one. Um, *Salt in His Shoes* by Dolores Jordan life is not an accident by jay williams and that's for sports memoirs um yeah more but we we want more so we just wanted to mention some of those thank you listeners
1: did anyone mention why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria by beverly D- daniel tatum no no that one is a fa- that i i've started i've got an audio edition of that one and i and i've started listening to it and and it's it is fascinating it's a it's a it's a book on the psychology of of racism and so um i'm not far into it enough to be able to say anything intelligent about it just that it's intriguing so far but this is the this is just the the really just the back cover copy That's here, which is uh, walk into any racially mixed high school, and you'll see black, white, and Latino youth. Clustered in their own groups, is this self-segregation a problem to address or a coping strategy? Beverly Daniel Tatum, a renowned authority on the psychology of racism, argues that straight talk about our our racial identities is essential if we're serious about enabling communication across racial and ethnic divides. These topics have only become more urgent as the nation as the national conversation about race is increasingly acro- acrimonious. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to to getting through that book because I'm hopeful that it's going to be helpful.
0: By the way, uh, and thanks, Scott, for sharing those and the listeners or those following us on Instagram and so on. Yeah, keep sharing those. But uh, um, you know, as pointed out, uh Today posted um an article from 1969, which is essentially um, I mean, it's titled, it's a it's a great, you know, it's titled Read Baby Read, a first step to action. But it provides a variety of resources, books that would be helpful for uh, for white people to understand um, the African American's perspective during that era. And if you don't know much about 1969, you know this is the heat of protest, and civil rights certainly was not settled even then. And uh, yeah, it's just fascinating to where we're still coming up with lists, um, but. Like anything, with you know, we we are very forgetful, and if things are not passed down generation by generation, the list will continue to be built um, over and over again. And um, you know, it, it's a yeah, it's kind of eye opening to be able to see something like that 51 years later, looking at that again, and wow, um, here we are again, trying to trying to look in that. I don't know how to feel about that beyond it's a little sad but it's um but i'm still glad that we're it's not about us again we keep pausing in this podcast because it's not it's not just that we're trying to choose our words we're trying to be patient and understand and and make sure that we accurately reflect how we feel and to have a good understanding of how others feel in it too but um but I encourage you to read it. We'll post that article on there. Um, something. You know, and, yeah, go
2: ahead. I'm so sorry. No, you yeah. finish.
0: No, I'm done. Go ahead.
2: Okay. Well, something to follow that up with um, that was good. a good piece of advice that I saw. Um, I follow Jess Connolly. She's an author speaker. Um, and she had posted a an Instagram story by Danielle Jackson. And she's a publicist <laughs> and an author. I don't know a whole lot about her. I just started following her but, um, she is black and she was making a story for white people. And she was like, Hey, it's great that you guys are reading books about racism and you're trying to hear from more voices about this, but here's a suggestion. And she suggested, um, not only reading books about racism, but also just reading, incorporating more black authors into what you're reading. Um, Well, in every area, not just reading. But so that's why I liked that our listeners um, didn't just give books that were like some of these great books we've already mentioned that are helpful to understanding the experience, but also just like books about sports or books about, you know, other things that are just written by Black authors. Anyway, um, I was grateful for that advice because, um, you know, something like this happens. And it was definitely my tendency to think, okay, what can I read about? racism. What can I read historically? What are the Christian books I can read about this? And I do want to read all those things, but also, um, other genres too. And this is a books podcast. So I'm grateful for those recommendations. Keep those coming too. You,
0: that's a really good point about, um, you mentioned Colton Whitehead and, uh, and, you know, he, he won a Pulitzer, I believe for Underground Railroad. Right. And it was an Oprah pick as well. Um, but most importantly, like He's written a ton of different books in all these other genres, you know, post-apocalyptic stuff, all sorts of things. And it just goes to show that, uh, yeah, I mean, I, and I've read one of his other ones. I actually haven't read Underground Railroad. I read one of his other ones. And I thought, oh, this is great. This is really amusing. And uh, I just, um, it's a, that's a good challenge to be more cognizant of that. I don't really, I don't really know where I stand on that in terms of like, boy, am I doing that? Probably not. Well, I don't know why, but, um, but I think that's, that's yeah, really just being one.
2: intentional about it. Cause I know I haven't been intentional about it. Like you, I'll just pick yeah. up what I'm interested in. So,
0: yeah. yeah. So I shouldn't waste time on Val Kilmer. <laughs> i don't know why i'm well, we could val have Kilmer. already told you that
1: i <laughs> yeah. think we confronted you about that last week didn't did we it. i know
0: why are you reading a book a memoir by val Kilmer? i don't know i just i, I you it's know, a cry he, for help we he, we, he rep- we understand he represents the 80s and 90s to me i'm nostalgic that's it so <laughs> again Very.
1: cry for help
0: i know <laughs> Trying to find some humor right now. Yeah. I'm trying. That's it. Yeah. So oh, well, I hope this is helpful. Well, I hope so. You know, I mean, as long as I, I mean, think, as long I as they're think,
1: okay with us being like, uh, we're we're sorry, and um,
0: <laughs> <that's> <laughs> hopefully, natural, I can do a, a
1: good enough job editing this. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a saying. Sorry is a natural thing for a Canadian, uh, not true. so much sorry. for us Americans. Um, but no, yeah, it's a thank you listeners for bearing with us with things being a little awkward is the word. Um, but also, again, we, we were just talking before, like, let's make this useful and productive for uh, for ourselves on a personal level, starting that way. And then thinking of you all and actually you've been more than helpful to make sure that mm-hmm. we're providing good recommendations to. There are other uh, articles, blogs that have been written that have other wounds and so if you see anything like that of other great lists, absolutely send them on to us and we'll be happy to post this on there but yeah. I think it's great. Thank you guys for doing this. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah thanks for thanks for wanting to talk about this guys This uh, I, I know this isn't an easy one, this isn't a, a bright and cheery topic, um, this is the least laughing we have done in an episode I think ever so hopefully we'll, we'll be back to laughing again, eventually.
0: Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have my zingers for you, Aaron, next week. Oh, good. Scarlett, oh, we can team up on Aaron. Just make <laughs> yeah. sure that, just put him, put him in his Canadian place. I don't know what that means. I'll either. be ready. No <laughs> <laughs> Thank okay. You. Well, I'll be ready. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, oh good. Eh? Oh no, that's more Minnesota, though, isn't it? Uh... No, it's partly
1: Canadian too. It's fine. It's fine. So anyway, all right, guys. Well, thanks. Thanks again for chatting. This this has been good, listeners. Thanks for joining us for this one. We will catch you next time. Bye.